Hey, I'm so glad that you're with us. My name is Josh. I'm one of the ministers here. If this is your first time at Clear Creek, welcome. If this is your first time online or returning time, we love you. We're so glad that you're able to join just a taste of what it means to be a part of the body here at Clear Creek. Today is a great day. I'm so glad you're with us because we are kicking off a brand new teaching on the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 28, our Savior Jesus gives a commission to all of his followers and he says, I want you to go and make disciples. By the way, this is the reason we're here today, is not simply to sit and soak in our own personal salvation, although that is awesome. Can I get an oh yeah? But it's also to be reminded that we've been sent. And he says, when you go and make disciples, I want you to baptize them, and hear me now, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit, some of us, you hear that word, and it's this weird idea. You go, well, I understand God the Father, because even if we didn't have perfect dads, we all kind of understand the relationship that a child has with a parent. And then others of us say, well, you know, I I understand Jesus because, you know, I remember that picture, you know, the one in your church growing up of the blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus. (laughs) You're like, it may not be what he looks like, but I kind of get the idea of Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, The, the Holy Spirit, what? What is that about? And I want us to take a few weeks to sort of soak in and understand who the Holy Spirit is because for you and I to live not simply the Christ-like life, but the full life is going to take more than your effort or mine. It's going to take the empowerment and the help of God's presence in us, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And so each week we're going we're gonna to drive deeper into this next week. I'm going to walk you through the history from Genesis onward of the Holy Spirit's presence. And then we're going to talk about, and we used to come, about the Holy Spirit's power in the life of Jesus. Then we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And we're going to talk about things like the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And so we're going to try to do our best to help you understand who He is so you can live the life that Christ has called you to live. Now, as I was thinking about This message today, I was reminded of something that happened uh, when we first moved into our house. We were uh, just moved in, and we kind of, Lindsay and I, my wife, we got tired of our kids jumping on the furniture inside, so we decided to buy something that they could jump on outside, and so we bought a trampoline. Just just show of hands, anyone else in here buy a trampoline? Uh, Anyone else have one? How many of you had a trampoline growing up and it did not have a net? That's my people right there. How many of you had a trampoline, it didn't have a net, and it didn't even have that little pad around it? You know the one I'm talking about? We won't even talk about the dangers that that thing poses to child rearing and everything else. But we, so we had this, we said, we're going to get one, we're going to get one. So we, we got this thing, and I remember when it finally came. I love today, because you can go online, you can order something from your phone or your computer, and you don't have to go to the store. Isn't that great? I mean, James, you don't have to go to the store, it just comes to you. Isn't that great? And the boxes come, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I can do this. I can do this. And, and if I'm remembering it correctly, Lindsay was a little busy, so I, I was thinking, I can do this by myself. So I started getting working on it. How hard could it be? It's a little bit of metal, a trampoline tarp, and springs. It's harder than you would think. After almost impaling myself a few times, it's like, okay, sweetheart, will you help me? And my wife, she's smarter than me, she's stronger than me, she's just better than me on every level. And so she comes out, she helps me. And we, with her brains and her brawn, don't mess with this girl, she's small, but she's tough. And we got out there and we put this thing together. And it was so fun because as a result of the help she provided, our kids now are bloodying themselves outside. They're not getting it on our furniture inside. It's, it's, I'm 
only kind of joking on that. And so the kids, they love it. But, but how many of us know that whether it's a trampoline or some other area of life, we could all use a little bit of help? Anyone else in here just honest enough to say, I don't have it all figured out. I could use some help. Anyone else in here wish that they could have some help? Maybe it's in your marriage or with child rearing. I mean, any of us in here go, oh God, please just take them for 18 years. You do the work and then send them home. Anyone else wish that God would maybe help you in your business or in the decisions you're making? Or maybe some of you have had the, the, the fallout from bad decisions and now you're going, what do I do now? I could use some help. I've lived long enough that I don't need help just with a trampoline. I need help with life. And here's the beautiful thing. Jesus Christ tells us God's going to give us what we need. In fact, I love this story. The night before Jesus dies on the cross, he gathers some of his best friends together. They're called disciples. By the way, if you are a friend of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've been baptized into him, you are a disciple of Jesus. You are walking with him. And so he gets his followers, his disciples together. And this is right before he's about to be arrested, put on a mock trial, beaten, and then executed on a Roman cross. And he knows they're going to need help. He knows they aren't going to need help just for a day or three or a month or two months. They're going to need help for the rest of their lives because to live the life God is calling us to is going to require that we have God himself helping us. And so he says this beautiful thing to them. In John chapter 14, I love it. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. If you love me, you will do what I say i got to be honest, I love Jesus, I think I do, I want to, but it is hard to say yes to Jesus and no to Josh. Does anyone else understand or have that moment where you're like, man, I want to say yes to Jesus, I want to do what's right, but the default setting of my life, like the factory setting, is selfishness, sin, and stupid choices. He says, but if you love me, keep my commands. And I'm going, Jesus, I want to, I want to, but I can't, I can't. And he goes, I know you can't. So in the next verse, notice what he says. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Notice this. To help you. And he will be with you for a few days. Only during the good times. When everything seems to be going the way you want. No, no, no. He will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. And I love how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit. That's who he's talking about here. And there's a few things I want you to see here. First, notice this word. He says, I will give you another. The Father will send another. Another. Well, who's the first? Well, he's saying this word another literally means God will send someone just like me. You've enjoyed walking with me daily where I'm with you side by side. But church, Jesus says, God the Father will send to all who follow him another, someone just like Jesus, by the way, if we were honest and you had the choice of God in a bod known as Jesus Christ to walk with you daily or someone you cannot see, I think most of us, if we're honest, we'd say, I want Jesus. But Jesus himself will go on to say, it is good that I leave because God is going to give you someone who's even better equipped for every moment of life. He will be with you because he's just like me. And he goes on to say, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you, the Holy Spirit of God. 
And by the way, before we go any further, do you notice all the pronouns here? It's him. It's him. It's him. It's he. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. The Holy Spirit is God himself, which as we look over the next few weeks, you're going to see that the Holy Spirit is rooting for you, but you can also hurt the Holy Spirit's heart. Did you know that? And we're going to talk about who the Holy Spirit is, but first thing you need to know is that he's like Jesus. He's not an impersonal force. He is God himself in you. And the thing I want you to hear this morning is that the Holy Spirit is not just a helper. He is the helper. He is not one of many. He's not multiple choice He is the helper that you and I need. Here's the reality. I don't need God to help me once I've already tried my best. I need God before I even try. My best is not enough. I need God. You need a helper and you need the helper, not a helper. I don't need something. I need someone greater than me to help me in my life. And so do you. Now, there's this great little word here. He says that, This one that God will send, the Father will send, the word translated here is advocate. But if you're looking at a different translation, maybe it's a word like helper. But whatever the translation is, it comes from this Greek word. How many of you want to learn a Greek word? Say you want to learn a Greek word. Say yes. Oh, I'm so glad. The Greek word for this, don't you love it like that? The Greek word is the Greek word paraclete. Now, the technical one here is a variation of this. It's parakletos, but the core word is paraclete. It comes from two Greek words, para for alongside and kaleo, called. So you have like a parachurch. It's an or, a parachurch organization, like it's an organization that comes alongside and helps the church. It's not the church, but it comes alongside, right? And kaleo means called. In other words, Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit of God is the called alongside one. He is the one who's been called by God to walk alongside you and inside you and be with you wherever you go. The Holy Spirit comes alongside. Now, this one word, although it's one word in Greek, it has so many different meanings that there's no one word we can translate it and capture it all. So the the word paraclete, for instance, it has a lot of different meanings. It can mean the comforter. The advocate, the helper, the counselor, the mediator, the guide. In other words, as I said before, I need help and so do you. And so what does God say? He says, I know you do and I will send one and he will be the comforter to you. He will advocate for you. He will help you. He will counsel you. He will mediate between God and you. He is the guide for your everyday life. What am I trying to say? He is the helper for everything you need. Jesus wants us to understand he is not simply the Spirit of God who somehow is like a roommate in your soul. He is the God who gives you everything you need for every moment, every situation of your life. And so for our last few minutes, all I want to do is quickly walk through three of the meanings of the word paraclete because I want you to know what gift you have been given. Hear me now. If you are a baptized believer, you have the presence of God in your life. And he is here with you today. Now, some of you are going to say, well, 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 why why do I not hear him? Why do I not sense him? We'll talk about that because there's a real reality that for some of us, we have told him no so long that he has stopped speaking to us. Uh, My wife, my wife, I love my wife, but one thing that just kind of gets real old with her is she just cannot keep her hands off me. I mean, she's always like, oh, baby, she's just trying to, you know, and, and finally I give in. It's like, all right, okay. Okay, that, that's not it at all, okay? But, but go with me for a moment here. If I kept pushing her off, 
she would quit pushing herself on me. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And if you tell him no enough, he'll say, okay. So I want you to understand who he is. And some of us today need to begin to invite him back into our lives and have sway and say over our lives. But let me give you three things very quickly here. The first thing that he does is he comforts you. He comforts you. Maybe another way to think of this is that he's there for you. One of the things I love about the job I get to do, I love being a minister. I love being your minister. Thank you again for the privilege of getting to serve this church. It's a great job, and there's so many good things about it, but there are some days where it is brutal. Um, One of the things that I'm most honored to get to do, although it's often very difficult, is to sit with friends when they are going through the worst moment of their lives. It's an honor to get to sit with someone, although painful, when they've just discovered that their spouse has been having an affair. Or when I get to sit down with the person, and that person is the one who's been having an affair, and it's come to light, and things are blowing up. It's an honor to get to sit with someone who has gone through a major life change, or in those moments, to sit with someone who's just lost a child, whether grown or young. Someone who has just lost a child through miscarriage. That happened this week with some friends of mine. Or someone whose child has walked off from God. To sit with someone when they've just gotten the cancer diagnosis and the doctors say, there's nothing we can do. I remember some of the most painful moments for someone else is one of the most privileged moments to get to be there, to be invited into those moments and to walk with someone. And I think there's something very powerful about being there for someone when everything's going well. But there's something holy when you're there for someone when things aren't going well. Do you know what I'm talking about here? In fact, let me just say this. As a follower of Jesus Christ, this is who we should be. We should be a church that shows up when things are broken for people. Amen? When, when life is broken, and it's a privilege to get to do that. But it's in those moments, people don't want a sermon, do they? They're not looking for some cute advice, some pithy saying. In fact, they're not looking for a sermon. They're not even looking for answers sometimes as to why what has happened has happened. In fact, sometimes offering answers in those moments can cause more pain than help. I mean, after all, you hear someone say, oh, God just needed another angel. Really? That's your advice? That's your statement in this moment? Sometimes what people need in those moments, isn't it true? In those moments, what they desperately want is they just want to know they are not alone. They just want the presence of someone who cares. Someone who says, I'm there for you. So in the moments that life is falling apart, when things don't work, when a marriage is strained, when kids are are, are going different directions, when work is not working, when sin is pervasive, what is it that often we need? God says, I will give you the comforter who says, you are not alone. I am here for you. He goes before you, church, meaning he's already standing in tomorrow. You say, how's that possible? God is not limited by time. His presence is already in every tomorrow you'll ever face, which means although you may be going into a difficult season, the Spirit of God is already there preparing and protecting and providing for you. He's there to comfort you. He's the indwelling, called out alongside, inside you. This is why this is why we love baptism as a church because there's nothing magical about the water, but it's a beautiful moment where we get to be reminded of the fact that when we come to Christ, when He comes into us, the Spirit of God, like the water, covers every aspect and inch of our lives. He's the comforting presence of God. The first thing you need to know is if you are a follower of Jesus, He will comfort you. I have a friend in Nashville named Miss Shirley. 
Miss Shirley is just this firecracker of a woman. And I remember a number of years ago when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she had, uh, some, she, she had the surgery. She went through all this. She had just lost a spouse. And I remember talking to her and she was just in this, in this real sort of anxious, or I thought she'd be in this anxious place. And I just asked her, I said, I said, how is it that you're always so peaceful? How is it that you're always so just happy? And she goes, I know he's here. I feel his presence. My God is with me. And not just for today, but did you notice the word? Forever. It means nothing that happens here on earth or in heaven will separate you from the presence of God. He is the comforting presence. Isn't that good news? And then the second thing I want you to write this down is that he is also the counselor. He gives you counsel. He gives me counsel. You say, well, what's counsel? Real simply, he guides you. He says, this is the way to go. Don't go that way. Go this way. This is the right way. That's the wrong way. In fact, this is what Jesus says in John 16. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will, what's this phrase, church? He'll guide you into all the truth. Now, before I go further, I've got to point this out. It doesn't say into all your truth or into a truth. Jesus Christ himself is saying there is one absolute truth and the presence of God will lead you into the truth. If you will let him, he will guide you. He goes on to say the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. Who's told you? That Jesus has told you. In other words, the Holy Spirit will lead you consistently with what Jesus has said. He will never contradict Scripture ever. This is why when I'm talking to someone and they say, well, Josh, I just, I feel like God is leading me to leave my wife because this other person just makes me happy. I just, I just think, you know, well, you know, they've never done anything really wrong, but this person just makes me happier. My comment is that's not the word of God. That's the word of your own flesh speaking to you. Some people say, well, you know, the, the spirit of God is leading me to leave this church and then this church and then this church and then this, or the spirit of God is calling me to leave this job and then this job and this job and this job or this commitment and this commitment. And then, listen, hear me now. Do not blame the Holy Spirit for being a flake. That's on us. Amen? The Spirit of God. So some of us say, well, okay, so how do I know if it's the Spirit of God guiding me versus something else? And I think a real simple way is simply this. I'll go back to this. It says, if the Spirit draws you away from selfish wants and toward what the Spirit wants, if the voice in your head, if the sense in your heart, if the leading of your gut leads you away from your selfish desires and towards what the Spirit desires, then chances are that may be the Holy Spirit leading you. Uh, think of it this way. My dad speaks all over the country. He has a gig where he gets to do that. And so um, one time, a number of years ago, he was asked to speak on a daytime talk show. And instead of flying him up to the place, they said, hey, we'll set up a TV, put a little earpiece in, and you can do the interview from home. And so he did that. And so he has the earpiece in, and he got to listen to the producer. And the producer was in his ear saying, okay, we've got 30 seconds left. Keep your answers short. So dad, blah, 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 done. He said, okay, five seconds, go to commercial and cut. And, whew, okay, got time, got time. He says, okay, 30 seconds till we come back. So dad says, sit up. Okay, so dad sits up. All right, smile and run. And he goes back into it. That's what the Spirit of God will do. If you will ask Him to guide you, He will teach you what to do, where to go, how to live your life, and it will be in agreement to what Scripture already says. In fact, here, one of my favorite verses is in Isaiah 30, 21. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, 
This is the way. Walk in it. Isn't it good news to know that God promises to lead you where you need to go? Is anyone else here this morning in need of counsel? Is anyone else in here wanting to know the best way to go? Because if you are, ask and God will give you that. The third and final thing that we'll talk about this morning is he also convicts. He comforts, he counsels, and he convicts. Now, I know when we hear the word conviction, sometimes we think of that as, oh, great. Guilt trip church time. He's going to make me feel bad about all the stuff that I'm not doing. I don't really want that. But, but, But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Conviction is not a curse. Conviction is a gift from God. Let's put it this way. Conviction is that he turns you back home. If you're going the wrong way, conviction says don't go this way. Go this way. I had a situation two weeks ago that reminded me of this. Um, I drove and drive a car that is eh, a little old. It's about 19, 20 years old. Love the car. And the thing I love most about it is it's so old, so beaten up that if I get a scratch on one side, I'm like, awesome. It matches the one on the other side. It's fantastic. But a couple weeks ago, I was driving and one of those little lights come on. You know the lights I'm talking about on your dash? It's a weird symbol. You don't even know what it means, but it means something, right? And so I'm looking at this, and my first thought was, it's come on before, and it went off by itself before. I don't need to do anything about it. So I let it go for a couple of days, this little check engine light. And so it's a Saturday. I've let it go for a couple of days. I throw my daughter, Emma, in the back seat. Didn't really throw her. It's more like let her get in, but you get what I'm saying. So we get in, and we're going to go to Ace Hardware because I'm a man, and that's what you do on Saturday. So we go to Ace Hardware. Some of you are going, Really? We get in the car, and we're, we're about to pull out of the neighborhood. And that little check engine light has been on there, but I've been ignoring it. And it's a busy traffic day, and there's cars coming. But how many of us know that when there's traffic coming and you're a man, you don't wait for it to pass. You just try to get in front of it. Anyone else in here need to be saved by Jesus on this one? And so I, I try to go in front. problem was the check engine light was indicating a severe problem, and the car began to stall as I'm coming across two lanes of traffic, oncoming traffic. And by the grace of God, we get out into the median, and the car then kind of kicks back and we get going. But because I ignored the indicator that something is wrong, not only did I put my own life in jeopardy, I put my daughter's life in jeopardy as well. Hear me now, the Spirit of God's conviction is not to draw you to guilt and draw you to regret to a sense of depression or despair. It is to turn you back home. It's the indicator light of God saying, this does not end well. Turn around now. It is the spirit of God's conviction that for some of you this morning, you sense you need to change an area of your life. Even in this room, some of you are sensing God saying, you need to change what you're doing. And I haven't even said what that issue is, have I? That's the spirit of God at work. Others of you this morning are under the conviction that you need to take your next step with Jesus. You need to turn from your sin. You need to confess Jesus as Lord. You need to put him on in baptism. And you need to walk with him. That's not because of anything I'm saying. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit drawing you to him. The neon lights saying, turn, turn, because I love you. This is the gift of God. And Jesus says with this one word, he is the comforting presence of God. He is the counselor who helps you and he will convict you away from danger and towards life. 
This is the Spirit of God, and He is the gift of God for everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ. Is that good news to anyone this morning? Now, I don't know where you are this morning. The truth is, in a room this size and with those who are joining us online, we're all over the map, aren't we? There are things that we, we all need. And your need is different than someone's need over here, and someone's need back here is different from over here and up here. And, and yet Jesus says, I will send the paracletos, the paracletes. Whatever you need, he can provide it. He will help you. And so here's the question as we come to this moment what is the one thing? What is the one thing? Let's go on next slide. What is the one thing that you need help with this morning? What is the one thing that you're just saying, God, if, if I could have help in this one area, what would that area be this morning? Some of you, you need to know you're not alone. You need to know that your life, although you've made bad choices, although you have broken the heart of God, although you've hurt relationships, God has not abandoned you. He does not give up on his children. You can never go so far as to escape the grace of God, church. This is good news. Some of you need to know that the comforter wants to come alongside you and say, yes, that was bad, but I am with you. Some of you this morning, you need to have the wisdom of God pointing you, the ear listening to God's voice, calling you into a new direction, and to have wisdom for where you're going. And then for others of us this morning, we simply need to hear the voice of God say, turn around, go this way, go that way, say this, don't say that. This is God's gift to you. What do you need this morning? Because here's what Christ is going to say. Just ask. Just ask. And so we're going to do that, okay? I'm going to invite everyone to just take a moment to, to steady their hearts and their minds. I'm going to ask you, if you will, we're, we're going to pray. And one of the things I would invite you to do in preparation for this is maybe put both feet flat on the ground. You don't have to, but, but just sort of center yourself this morning. We're going to talk to the Father. I'm going to invite you just to take a deep breath, close your eyes. And as you take that breath, I just kind of want you to slowly inhale because in Scripture, the word for spirit is the word pneuma, which can be translated breath, wind, the breath of God inside you. And I'm going to pray over you, and then I'm going to invite you to pray to God yourself quietly. What is it that you need to ask Him for And then we're going to sing a song, and it's an opportunity. If you need anything, you come see me. I'll be down front. There are others who will be at the prayer banner in the back. But wherever you need, whatever you need, this is your opportunity to ask and to receive the help of God. Father, our hearts are open to you now. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. And for those of us who have grown cold or calloused, who have told you no too many times where we don't hear you speaking, we now say, please speak again. We need you, Father, and we thank you that you give us the Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us and brought life to us through his death and his resurrection. But we also thank you for the Spirit who now gives us what we need to live, new life. As we now pause, would you hear what we need? And would you answer so that we may be the people you've called us to be and that Jesus will be seen through us. Father, we thank you for the way that you speak. 
And Father, I pray now that whoever is under your conviction, that they will not turn from it, but they will respond today. That they will not say, I'll wait till tomorrow, but they'll respond today, Father. For anyone who needs forgiveness of sins, may they take that next step of obedience. May they come to you in faith. May they confess that they believe you are the Son of God, and may they put you on in baptism. May they find hope and life in Jesus. And Father, for anyone today who needs to turn from their sin, we would pray that they would simply confess to you and turn back to you. But wherever we are this morning, we thank you that you hear us. We celebrate your presence. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we pray. Amen.